Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, we're told through that verse, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. The word this week is wrath. Wrath. As you think about that word, you may have an image that pops into your mind. An image of an angry God. An image like we have probably all thought about at one time or another. An image of a God in heaven who's waiting on us to mess up. He's got his lightning bolt ready and as soon as we mess up, we're done. We've all probably had that image at some point in our, in our minds at some point in time. I shared this story with the young people in class this morning, and I'm going to share it with you tonight just because it, it kind of fits this. We were talking about uh, the picture in, in Acts chapter 2 that, that Peter mentions when he talks about um, the sun becoming black and the moon turning to blood. And we see that reference several times in the Old Testament. And we were talking about that being a, a metaphor or an example and not an actual event. We talked about it being just a statement that's used to show that God is doing something different. God is acting in a way that doesn't just portray normal everyday events. Something different's happening. Anyway... If most people in in the audience this evening will remember uh, when we transitioned from 1999 to the year 2000 and all of the doom and gloom and uh, the end of the world was just guaranteed to happen January 1st, 2000. And and I know most of you probably think back to that moment and uh, remember the stories and the the guarantees that were going to happen and what was going to happen on that day as soon as 2000 arrived. I was 13 years old at the time, and in the mind of a 13-year-old, everything that you hear an adult say is absolute truth. And so I, I don't really remember if I said anything or if I really showed it, but I was absolutely scared to death. And I can remember reading those words in Scripture. And in my mind as a 13-year-old, I knew two things were certain. I knew that the world was ending January 1st, 2000. And I knew that there had to be a moon that turned to blood when that happened. And so as we neared January 1st, 2000, without saying anything in my 13-year-old mind, I knew what I would do. I would make sure that any time that I went to bed, I could see the moon. Because if I could see the moon, as soon as it turned red, I knew what was going to happen. And so in my mind, I had to see that moon. Because I had to know when it was going to happen. Of course, it's 17 years later. That moment did not come. But in my 13-year-old mind, it had to be a certainty. And I knew that as a result of that, God's wrath would surely follow. Sometimes we have this vision of God's wrath, and and I think an incorrect vision of God's wrath. Tonight I hope that through this lesson 
you leave thinking about God's wrath or wrath in a different way than what you thought when you walked in this evening. When we think about the wrath of God or God's wrath, let us for just a moment examine the scriptures in the book of Ezekiel. If you will, turn with me to that Old Testament book of Ezekiel. As we go throughout the book, as Connor just read a few minutes ago in in chapter 2, Ezekiel's being told that he needs to go and he needs to give this prophecy. And at the very end of that text that, that Connor read, God tells Ezekiel, he says, the people may or may not listen. But they're going to know that a prophet has come. They're going to know that they heard a message from God. Whether they believe or not, they're going to know where that message came from. This evening, I want you to see in the book of Ezekiel how God's wrath is described. And then we're going to analyze that for for just a moment. We're going to skip around, so if you will kind of be ready to turn with me. We're going to begin... In Ezekiel chapter 5 and verse 13. In Ezekiel 5, 13 we read, Thus shall my anger spend itself. Chapter 6 and verse 12. Thus I will spend my fury upon them. 7 and verse 8. Now I will soon pour out my wrath upon you and spend my anger Against you. Chapter 9 and verse 8. The outpouring of God's wrath on Jerusalem. Chapter 13 and verse 15. Thus I will spend my wrath upon the wall and upon those who have smeared it with the whitewash. Chapter 14 and verse 19. If I send a pestilence into that land and pour out my wrath, Upon it with the blood to cut off for man and beast. Chapter 20. First in verse 8. Then I said I would pour out my wrath upon them and spend my anger against them in the midst of the land. Verse 13. Then I said I would pour out my wrath upon them in the wilderness. 21. Then I said I would pour out my wrath upon them. And spend my anger against them in the wilderness. Verse 33 and 34. With wrath poured out, I will be the king over you. And with wrath poured out. Chapter 22, verse 22. As silver is melted in a furnace, so shall you, so you shall be melted in the midst of it. And you shall know that I am the Lord. I have poured out my wrath upon you. Chapter 24, verse uh, verse 13, I'm sorry. Have satisfied, until I have satisfied my fury upon you. And then finally in chapter 36 and verse 18. So I poured out my wrath upon them for the blood that they had shed in the land, for the idols with which they had defiled it. Now, We see here several examples of God's wrath compared or being said that it will be poured out or it will be spent. 
When we think about the nation of Israel wandering in the wilderness, we see that time and time and time and time after time, the nation of Israel rebelled against God. But we see something else about God. One of the wonderful attributes about God. That God's not sitting in heaven, so to speak, with a lightning bolt waiting for the first time that we mess up. It seems that every story that we read in Scripture, God is very patient with us. I think we would all understand that and and relate to that this evening. I know I can. I think about all the mistakes I've made in my life. I think about all the foolish things that I've done in my life. And yet God was patient with me. The wrath of God did not come in a moment. The first time I made a mistake, I was not doomed. Because we serve a patient God. We serve a just God. I want us to see an example together for just a moment of what I envision through this book of Ezekiel and the wrath of God. This cup that I'm going to use as as my example has a a story behind it, and maybe that'll be one for a later day, but I'm going to use it because it it serves the purpose of what I envision when I think about uh, the wrath of God. The wrath of God in Ezekiel we saw being referenced or being compared to that of being poured out. So, I envision we make mistakes in life. We disobey God. We don't spread the word of God. We tell that story of gossip. We lie to our parents. We're constantly filling up our cup. And according to what we deserve, God's wrath is being or should be being collected. And then on the day of judgment, if we got what we deserved on that day, and before I do this, Miss Kay, I, I do have something to catch this, so I'm not fixing to make a, a huge mess. On that day of judgment, that wrath of God should be poured out. But here's what God tells us. Here's the good news. You see, we disobey God. We do all of those things that we should do or shouldn't do each and every day. And our cup becomes full because we make plenty of mistakes. But that's not all that can go in our cup. Because you see, Christ came to the earth and he shed, our, he shed his blood for our sins. And so when we come in contact with the blood of Christ, that also goes into our cup. And when it goes in, thankfully, it causes our cup to relinquish that wrath of God that should be poured out upon our head. But you see, it doesn't just go back to where it began. It becomes completely empty. All of that wrongdoing is gone when we add the blood of Christ to that wrath that should be poured out. Now, what in the world is he talking about? Why why did he just do all that? 
You see, in our minds, we have always, or I have always thought about the wrath of God being instantaneous. If you will, open with me, or open up with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 8, beginning in verse 10, we read, Then I saw the wicked buried. They used to go in and out of the holy place and were praised in the city where they had done such things. This also is vanity, because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily. The heart of the children of man is fully set to evil. We're reminded in Ecclesiastes that we're not punished the moment we make a mistake. Because we serve a God who wants to forgive us. We serve a God whose desire is not to give us wrath, but rather give us forgiveness. We serve a God who wants us in heaven for eternity, not to suffer wrath for eternity. So the question this evening then becomes, how do I escape the wrath of God? My cup is full, so to speak, of sin and wrongdoing and And I want to know how to escape that. I understand that one day sin has to be punished. I understand that for God to be fair, that there has to be a point of wrath. I understand that due to my sin, there has to be a punishment. We understand that. Just as our parents told us, if you don't do this... This is what will happen. If you don't take out the trash, if you don't clean your room, you're not going to get to do this. In that same manner, God has told us, this is what you've got to do. This is what's against my will. If you do these things I've told you, here's heaven. That's your reward. If you don't, we know the punishment. We know the wrath that will come when we don't. So our question is, we have sinned. We we know, hopefully, and we understand that. So how, though my life has sin in it, can I escape the wrath of God? Before we look at that answer, I want us to, to think about one more thing. If you're driving down the road and someone passes you on a double yellow line or or flies by or somebody almost runs you off the road. The first thought that pops into my mind is where is a police officer when this is going on? Have, Have we all shared that thought from time to time? Do you have that same thought when you look down at your speedometer and it's 12 miles an hour over the limit? No. You see, we as humans want quick, immediate judgment for others that have hurt us or have put us in danger. But when we're the ones in the wrong, just give me a little bit more time. I I didn't really, I I wasn't paying attention. I didn't mean to to go that fast. I, I didn't realize that I couldn't pass there. I didn't realize that I was in a construction zone. You see, we as humans, when somebody wrongs us, we want judgment immediately. But do we want judgment when we make mistakes? 
not nearly as quickly. How do we escape the wrath of God? If you will, open up with me to the book of Romans. You see, God tells us in Scripture, here in the book of Romans, the first thing that that we need to understand or we need to uh, think about this morning or this evening is we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Once we understand that, Romans makes more sense to us. Romans chapter 1 and verse 18 For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. You see, we know the punishment for wrongdoing. We've read and and we've been taught about what the punishment's going to be. But God showed us, or has shown us, how to escape that punishment. It doesn't have to be our future because God has made it very clear to us what we need to do. Chapter 2 and verse 5 of Romans. But because of your hard and impenitent hearts, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. All right, now I'm starting to get a little worried. My wrath is being stored up for the day of judgment. I've done many things in my life that are wrong. But some of them I never got punished for. And then I just read that in Romans. And so that must mean that all of those things that I did wrong are waiting on me on judgment day. That's going to be a pretty lengthy punishment. Not something I'm really looking forward to. And so now I'm I'm scared again. I don't want that wrath. I don't, I don't want all of those things that I did to be punished at one time. Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. But, okay, here, here's, that, that's, a, that's a good word, that's a transition. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since... Therefore, we have now been justified by his blood. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. You see, everything that you've done in your life, every sin you've committed in your life that has filled that cup up, that should be poured out as wrath from God, As we saw a moment ago, there's something that we can add that takes that punishment or that wrath away. And that's the blood of Christ. Due to, or thanks to, the blood of Christ, we don't have to face the wrath of God. Because of that blood that was shed, we can be saved from the wrath of God. If that's not good news, then I don't know where to find good news. You see, everything else in life, to me, 
this is the top of the list. Because I know how I've lived my life. And I know that the wrath of God should be waiting on me. But I also know and am extremely thankful that because of the blood of Christ, that's not my future. My future is a reward in heaven, not the wrath of God. You see, the wrath of God is something that should scare us just a little bit, if not a whole lot. I think it's a good thing to be scared of the potential wrath of God. Because until we truly understand what that wrath means, I don't think we can fully appreciate what it means to be saved from the wrath of God by the blood of Christ. Tonight, maybe your cup is full. Maybe sin has been poured out at a faster rate than you can handle it. Maybe you feel like you're sinking because you've just taken on so much more than you can handle. And you know that if tomorrow never came, wrath would be poured out. Maybe you've never come in contact with the blood of Christ. Whatever the situation is tonight, I want to challenge each and every person sitting here this evening to do one of two things. Number one, you're sitting here tonight and you feel comfortable about how you're living your life as a Christian. That's a wonderful feeling. That's great. If that is your situation this evening, revert back to this morning's lesson and take a moment to pray to God and thank Him for sending His Son so that you could have this feeling of peace and preparedness because of the the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross. So if everything in your life is good right now, thank God. Second thing, if, if everything in your life is not good, and you fear the wrath of God, and you fear judgment day, and you feel fear eternity, because you don't know where you're going to end up. You're not sure about your future because you know that you've not been living the life that you should be. You know that you've never come in contact with the blood of Christ. If you're in that second state, there's a way to escape the wrath. If you're in that frame of mind this evening, you may be getting a little fidgety in your chair. It may be getting a little hot in here to you because you're a little bit nervous. Because you don't like for people to talk about Judgment Day because you you want to push it out of your mind and, and way into the future. Because you're unsure. It's not a good feeling. Maybe when you go to bed, you look out your window looking for that moon. You can leave here tonight and not fear the wrath of God. Because through the blood of Christ, you've been saved from the wrath of God. It's a terrible thought. It's a terrible fear. We've all been unprepared for something in our life. 
Think back to the last thing in your life that you were unprepared for. And just for a moment, imagine that you were standing before God on Judgment Day and you had that same feeling of being unprepared. But this time it's not a test. This time it's not a job interview. This time it's not a tax audit that stands in front of you. This time it's eternity. You don't have to have that feeling. Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. But God shows His love for us and that while we were all sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. If you need a way to escape the wrath of God, it's been clearly laid out for you. Now it's up to you. Do you want, do you desire to escape the wrath of God? If you do this evening and you need prayers of encouragement, if you need prayers of support, if you need to be baptized, whatever your need be this evening, don't walk out these doors with a possibility that you might experience God's wrath should tonight be your last opportunity. Thank God that we don't have to experience the wrath that we deserve. If you need a way to escape that wrath, come right now. Lay your burdens at the feet of the cross. His blood will wash them away. If we can help you in any way, come right now while we stand and while we sing.